Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. That's James the Brain. Insert stupid thing to say to Travis here. <laughs> that works. I'm Travis the Beard, and this is the Super Flexible Podcast. Uh, we're missing our main guy here, John Hogue, today. Um, thoughts out to him. He should be back next week. All right. We got a great show for you guys today. We got some special guests. Um, all three hosts of the Beer Fueled Fantasy Football Podcast. You can follow them on Twitter at Beer Fueled FF. Uh, what's going on, guys? We got Nick, Dan, and Hopper. How's it going? Um, I'm still riding the struggle bus a little bit, but I'm excited to be here. I don't even want to know what that means, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're ready for a late night super flex mock when none of us have ever done a super flex mock before, so this should be exciting. <laughs> yes. You got it. I'm awesome. <laughs> we're going to wet your whistle a little bit. Um, hopefully, not on the danger bus or whatever Hopper said. Struggle bus. Uh, so the struggle that's bus? Even, that's even struggle worse. Bus. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna do <laughs> we're gonna go with a, or we're gonna do a uh, two or three round depending on how much time we have uh, superflex rookie mock pre draft get one more in here before the NFL draft uh, which will be tomorrow when this show comes out so uh, pretty exciting here we did a random draft uh, website thingy uh we got uh dan came up with the 101 we've got nick at 102 hopper at 103 so the beer field guys will get the first three picks and then uh me at 104 and james you get the 105 um so what do you say guys want to jump in let's go let's do it ready let's do this all right dan make the easy pick and we'll move on oh man the easy pick is gonna be (sighs) saquon barkley (laughs) the only time i ever get to say his name and draft him you thought it was going to be Josh Allen, but you were fooled. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I was not at all. <laughs> I don't ever want to hear the number one pick and Josh Allen in the same sentence. You and me Browns both. Fans, so no. No. You might cry no. on Thursday. Don't watch Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> the Browns may brown this. I just want to say that we're going to have a live hangout se- session while we're live streaming on YouTube on Thursday. So if you want to call in, we can be like a helpline for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I might need it. And uh, you guys are doing a live hangout session. And on Friday, um, I may be uh, live and hungover, barely alive and hungover, because I might have to drink heavily if Josh Allen is the pick number one. So, dude, I'm gonna laugh. Now, I'm gonna laugh so hard. <laughs> no one wants Mel Kiper to be right. It's too, gonna be so. like I was last year when the Bears traded up for Trubisky. Yeah, you, you were, were you so, were so angry. angry. <laughs> I, I, I was making new words up. So, do we want to actually talk about the pick at all, or are we just going to get on this Josh it's, Allen train? We've talked a lot about Saquon yeah, Barkley. Everybody knows Saquon Barkley is 101, so we just use that as an opportunity to smash Josh Allen. We'll see how far he falls. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see Josh if he's Allen. a first-round pick for us here. Um, Nick, it's on you, 102. Uh, I am still going to stay with running backs. I'm going to go Darius Geis with the second overall pick. I'm number two running back in this class, and I've got him ranked high enough where even though it is a super flex format, I don't love any of the quarterbacks enough to take them over him in this draft. Fair enough. I will say this is kind of, if anyone wants to take QB at 102, depending on on your roster, I I totally won't blame you for this year. That's kind of like the earliest. Obviously, no one's taken anybody over Barkley. Right. Uh, James, you would agree with that? Kind of 102 is the the earliest you'd want to take a QB? 
Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think I really start entertaining it at 1.03, though. But, yeah, I, I, I think the earliest, I agree with you, Travis, is probably 1.02. Interesting. So you see there's a there's a larger teardrop between 2 and 3 than there is between uh, 102, I guess. Where So you'd rather have Geis than your QB1, I guess is my question. Yeah, I think I think right now pre-draft, um, I, I would say that I think the only thing that could change for me it really obviously depends on Geis's landing spot, um, but I think as of right now, yeah, yeah, I think I would. What if Baker goes to Cleveland? Like, that's a trick uh, question. James doesn't like Baker. <laughs> All right. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, then he's gonna love what I'm about to do. <laughs> yeah, Hopper. <laughs> Hopper 103. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Damn you, uh, dude! I, you I, sniped I, me. I, I am going to go ahead and take quarterback. I've got him as my highest-rated quarterback. Uh, we've gone on and on about him on our show and just how much we like the arm, the way the ball comes out of his hand, how accurate he is. His ball should come out. Yeah. Wait. What, What? Dan? <laughs> Tight. <laughs> Tight and accurate. Don't ask questions. Don't. <laughs> just, <laughs> just leave it. <laughs> just take it for what it is. All right. Yeah. That's right. Don't so ask questions. If we, if, we could, if we could keep it to, like, two minutes i'd love to have the the pro baker take from any one of you three and then the the anti baker take from james hey if you don't mind me throwing you under the bus there james no no that's that's fine should i um, I'll, I'll hear the pro takes first I, i'd say it should be one of you two because he's technically my second quarterback so okay well guys. dan you want to go ahead with your pro takes on baker i just listed a couple of things that i liked about yeah him. i mean he's what, the most accurate quarterback this year? He was the most accurate quarterback with all the adjusted metrics and things like that. Uh, people question his downfield ability. He's one of the most accurate downfield passers. I think he was the most accurate downfield passers on 20 yards or more. Uh, he's mobile as hell. Uh, he does get into his own issues, but uh, he's got that swagger, and I fell in love with him pretty much since watching his tape, and I've been riding that wave ever since. I just love the way that the ball comes out of his hand. It zips. It looks like it's so effortless. And, you, you know, that with the accuracy um, and with that swagger that's, you know, leadership, you can get a locker room behind you with that. And he did at Oklahoma. And that's that's the type of thing that's going to get a team to rally behind you. That's how you win football games. It's going to keep you on the field. It's going to make you successful. But I think that he's got the talent um, and the size isn't a concern to me, obviously, after, you know, Breeze and Wilson, guys like that, we know they can succeed. And on top of it, he – works his ass off and he did exactly what he was asked to do in Oklahoma and crushed all the metrics and doing it. Everyone likes to rag on him for playing in a uh, up-tempo offense like that, but he came in and did exactly what you want to see him do in that offense. So I can't ask him to do anything more at that point. Um, The only small words he's got is obviously just size and um, a few other minor things, but for the most part, his profile is awesome. Yeah, I, I think you guys made some really good points on him. Um, I guess uh, my counterpoints would be this. I, I am concerned about his size. Um, I think um, he has to be on the move um, in the NFL uh, to be um, to, to make the most out of his abilities. I'm worried about not playing in a pro-style offense. A lot of his reads were short uh, to intermediate, um, and I think that had a lot to do with his completion percentage. Um, I'm worried about attitude, obviously. I, I definitely think he has the swagger. But I, I wonder when that crosses over to too much, you know. I mean, uh, I don't I don't know that some of that stuff translates well into the NFL game. So um, I, I have concerns about him, and I, I'm not saying that he isn't talented because I, I see the talent. I just think that if I'm spending a top five pick on a quarterback, even a top ten pick on a quarterback, I think I want someone a little bit safer 
than Baker. I think you have to restructure your offense a little bit around Baker. Um, I don't think that this is a guy that you can put into a pro-style offense right away and have him start. So um, that's that's just my concerns with Baker Mayfield. That being said, he is my third quarterback on my board, so it's not like I'm totally you know um, all that low on him. But uh, but I do have a couple other guys ranked higher than him. So okay, you just hate him. That's fine. <laughs> That's what I heard. All the I, just, I just heard. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, that was good. That was good. Just pooping all over Baker Mayfield's chest right now. Especially if he goes to Arizona. My goodness. If he ends oh up God, in Arizona, dude, I'm going to hate him even more. Dude, I'm going to be so excited. You don't I'll even be know. happy about that. Oh, I can't even. Don't don't even do that to me, James. It's not going to happen. No, I won't. Josh Allen fits really well oh there. Oh, my God. My That's opinion. more likely to happen. I want Lamar Jackson in Arizona. <laughs> Yeah, man, we're gonna get Mason Rudolph. <laughs> and, and he's gonna start. He's gonna start eight five games after Glennon starts three and gets benched. Um, so Bradford starts zero. <laughs> no, no, that was eight. That was half. <laughs> Curveball. It's Luke Falk. Yeah. Oh god. Oh god. Luke <laughs> Falk out of nowhere. <laughs> All right. I I was on here. That was that uh, good. Baker Mayfield talk. We should move on. I've got the one hundred and four, and it's pretty pretty darn easy pick for me. I'm going to go Nick Chubb. Um, I was I would have gone Baker had he fallen here, um, but with with him off the board, I'm not really targeting any of those other other quarterbacks just yet and I think Nick Chubb Nick Chubb is my number three but he's really really close to guys for me like they could they could absolutely flop uh switch places so I love Nick Chubb he might be the best pure runner in this class and he's shown enough for me where I'm not really interested I'm not really um worried about that injury anymore (laughs) uh and that if if Barkley wasn't such a freak at the combine yeah, then we'd all be talking about how crazy of an athlete Nick Chubb is. So, a pretty easy choice for me here. Dad? <laughs> yeah, that rant sounded exactly like how I justify Ch- Chubb every time I pick him. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's everything we say about Chubb when we talk about him, and I've got him ranked exactly like you do. Man. I do too now. I moved him. He's up there. He's my three. Good. Nice. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement there. Okay, so... Uh, I guess I guess I'll move on. Um, I got the the fifth pick uh, behind Travis here, and honestly, if if this was a uh, if this wasn't just just a mock, I would probably be trying to trade um, right here because the guy I'm targeting, I could probably get two or three picks lower, but I don't think he's going to be there with my next pick. So I'm going to take him now, and I'm going to take my top rated quarterback, which I am sure I am going to get some hate for, but uh, I'm going to take Josh Rosen. Yes, um, hate time. To me- <laughs> <laughs> to me, he's my top-rated quarterback just because, I mean, I, I I heard you guys kind of say the zip coming out of Baker Mayfield's hand and just it, it looks so effortless. To me, Josh Rosen plays the quarterback position and it looks effortless. He doesn't, um, I mean, it, he just looks like a natural. I think his mechanics are sound. They're, they're better than anybody in this draft. Um, I think that um, he, can, he can make all the throws. He has a strong enough arm. Um, the only questions really for him is character. And I kind of see a lot of the same character issues that Aaron Rodgers was supposed to have had when he made his fall. So um, I'm fine with it. I'll take Josh Rosen uh, again as my top-rated quarterback, and um, and that'll be my pick here at the, uh, the the fifth pick. So by effortless, does it mean like doesn't it look like he's trying because he's not very good, or? 
<laughs> no, I mean where, he doesn't. He doesn't. I, there's there's his release is really quick. Um, the zip on the ball it comes out really quick. It's um, I, I think he's accurate. He had a lot of a lot of issues to deal with at UCLA. Um, they didn't always have the greatest protection. But uh, but really, I mean, he's always he's good, he's good in the pocket. His escapability is fine too. Um, so I mean, he's a better athlete than give him credit for. Um, he has the prototypical size. I like pretty much everything that I saw on tape. I, I don't I don't see a whole lot of knocks on him. But um, the only thing I see is a lot of the off field questions, and uh, and I don't I don't know that those those really concern me too much um, when it comes to him. But. That's just my take on it. Well, Nick looks pained right now, so I'm going to let him talk before he pops. He doesn't like Josh Rosen. He, he, he looks just really like... pained right now. Yeah, I, I want to know what Uh-oh. tape you watched because I thought he looked atrocious trying to escape pressure, and his decision making would break down as soon as he left the pocket. Um, that Texas A&M game where somehow he led the comeback, he had so many times he tried to throw that game away by throwing the ball right to a Texas A&M defender. They were nice enough to drop it every time for him, but. Some of the throws in that game were just garbage. I thought, he, I thought going downfield, too, he looked like he was putting a bunch of air under that football. It wasn't Rudolph bad, but he was it, airing it yeah. out. Yeah, I don't really think that he had very much to work with. I mean, the film I watched, I didn't see a lot of open receivers running around the field there. Um, he had a lot of tight windows he had to throw into. And you're right, he did have to throw a lot on the run and on the move and under pressure. I think that had a lot to do with the fact that he just didn't get protection there at UCLA. Um, so, I mean, I don't I don't really have a problem with some of those throws he made. I think he was trying to win, win the game, uh, you know, trying to win do too much on his own as he just didn't have a whole lot of help there so um I mean I, when I look at that UCLA offense I don't see another player that uh that I think is an NFL caliber guy outside of the left tackle that's going to be uh going to be going here um but other than that I mean there's there's really nobody else well, there that I think is a is an NFL caliber I, guy I disagree with you there as well because I think Jordan Lasley's a hell of a receiver yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. We can disagree there. I, I, <laughs> I'm good with disagreeing there. I like Wesley. Okay, so your argument for why Rosen looked bad is the same argument that gets used a lot of times about why Josh Allen looks bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, jo- Josh Allen's completion percentage was was garbage. Awful. I know. And, stats are and, for. And, yeah, I don't and, know if you've heard this or not, but stats are for losers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, you can throw those away. But I mean, Josh Rosen's career touchdown interception ratio is. I mean, way better than Josh Allen's is. So, and he played at a at a you know a, a higher level of competition. I know the Pac-10 isn't great, but I mean, Wyoming isn't playing anybody that's a barn burner either. So, um, no, I I mean, I I really feel like it. Like I said, when I watched the tape, I didn't see a lot of wide receivers running around open. There was a lot of tight windows he had to fit the ball in. I like the fact that he's played under center. I like the fact that he played in an NFL style offense. So I do like. I that think there's part. a lot there that can transition uh, to the NFL. That was one of the things I gave him. Um, a little bit of a bump up for was the NFL style offense yeah. that he did take snaps think, under center and won't have that learning curve. I think I did see him. I think he took 38% of his snaps under center, which is what you want to see because a lot of these quarterbacks are going to come out playing strictly in the shotgun, and it is a different type of feel having to play under center, and it's more timing. You more have to you know go off of that three- or five-second drop, and some of these guys just can't do it. Yeah. yeah. I'm just giving you crap, by the way. I, I – got Rosen at four. I don't hate him. I don't have him super faded or anything like that. He's actually my I'm three. I'm not, actually the highest on him as a show. I'm just yeah, not he's necessarily high on his upside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was just... I saw... I, people were hyping his tape up before I watched it, and then I watched, and I just saw a bunch of warts on his game, so I don't see him quite as polished as a lot of people seem to be hyping him up as. 
Yeah, and I, and I definitely, I, I think I've heard a lot of that, and I think NFL scouts are probably seeing a little bit more of what you guys are than I am. So, um, you know, that, that probably means something. But uh, but now I'm going to trust my eyes and my uh, my evaluation on them, and uh, and and we'll we'll kind of see, kind of revisit this in a few years, and kind of see what uh, what kind of prospect or what kind of player. Rosen ends up turning out to be it'll be interesting for sure absolutely we all know nothing until it happens <laughs> <laughs> and even then and even then <laughs> yeah all right i knew that was going to be a little bit of a heated conversation just from uh i know james's opinions and i've listened to you guys before so i knew that was coming um let's go to the 106 here dan you're back up ah uh, i think like james i'd be sitting here kind of figure out what i want to do here you can go quarterback and go running back hell you can even go receiver depending on where some of these guys land but because this is a super flex and you have to kind of take your quarterback to kind of help you know keep building around i want to go with my number two and sam darnold um i think he has the highest upside of everyone in the draft uh just from when he came into the league or uh, excuse from when he came into college his great year he had two years ago or last year and then obviously you got to see his downturn uh this past season and with how bad that was but he's got a great arm he's very mobile uh he, he can be smart um though i think he gets in his head too much and i think he plays a little bit too much hero ball but he's got again he's got that swagger that i liked his pro day was a lot better uh to me than i expected so um i've came up on on darnold and uh I'm very happy taking him here. And if you want to talk about bad offensive lines, his was worse than UCLA's. Yeah, fucking USC, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, his was terrible. I, I, I agree with everything Dan just said. I, I think he has the highest upside. And I think a lot of his issues, in my opinion, are fixable. I mean, holding the ball too low in the pocket, I mean, that caused a lot of fumbles um, when he was there. And a lot of his turnover issues, they were. he threw a good amount of interceptions, but, I mean, he had a lot of fumbles. Yeah, he And I think a lot of that... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I think a lot of that just had to do with just poor fundamentals. Ball placement wasn't where it should be. I mean, it should have been higher up um, with two hands on the ball. So I, I think a lot of that stuff is fixable. So I think a lot of his issues um, coming out of the draft are going to be easily coachable. What do you guys think? And, like, if he doesn't – like, he may land under the Giants or the Browns, even the you know the Jets or Broncos. Wherever he lands, he's not going to have to play year one. So he gets to sit behind a you know a sit behind a you know a decent quarterback maybe and learn from these coaches. And those mistakes he made may be put to the wayside. If he goes to a team like Cleveland, who probably has one of the better offensive lines for the top teams in this draft, he won't have those issues. It may have been some of the confidence seeing him wanting to play hero ball more. Uh, leads to doing bad fundamentals we saw it with Patrick Mahomes last year who did a lot of the exact same things he just trusted his arm too much and Darnold knows he can make every single throw and when you have that mentality you sometimes lead to doing the wrong thing you know from a you know from a footwork and mechanics standpoint yeah you'd watch him make five amazing throws and then make a terrible one yeah <laughs> yeah it was like what I watched with Jay Cutler yeah. for a really long time as a Bears fan <laughs> amazing throw amazing throw amazing throw terrible Darnold's got a lot better upside than that I wasn't comparing the players but that was kind of one thing that I that I did notice um, but I I agree with what James said I think a lot of the issues that with Darnold are fixable and I think that they just come with experience he's still a young guy yeah, he's um, 21 he's 21 so he's gonna have you know, he's going to be able to work through some of those things, the ball placement things, some of the fumble things, holding the football, decision-making. It's all things that come with experience. So, I, you know, you hope that that's something that he grows out of. But I, I love the talent. He is my number two quarterback. All right. So I think I'm actually thinking this is pretty accurate so far for how 
uh, a Superflex rookie draft would go with three quarterbacks off the board before the 107. Um, so interesting to see what kind of value we'll be scooping up here in the you know late first, early second. Um, let's go on to Nick at the 107. All right. Well, this they made this real easy for me because they both of my top quarterbacks are gone and my fourth quarterback's gone. I'm not going to reach for my third quarterback quite yet. So I'm going to take my fourth overall player and I'll grab DJ Moore here, who I think is easily the best receiver in this class. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't really a- can't really fault you there for that one. I mean, it's <laughs> I don't have a strong opinion about him either way. Uh, James might, <laughs> but I mean, this is kind of right. I think this is towards the earlier end of the spectrum of where you'd see him go, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's my number. If you're this was a non super flex, he'd be my number four overall prospect. Uh, wow, he just checks all the boxes for breakout age, dominator rating. His tape looks good. He's really good at intermediate routes. He's got a big enough frame where he could be an outside receiver, but he's also dominant in the slot as well. Um, the only warts on him that we've seen is that he may not be a true number one outside receiver, but I'm going to be shocked if he's not a wide receiver too. He'll be a two for sure. He's got good floor. He's too good of a route runner, too good of hands. I made it on our show. I think the way I put it is I see his role being kind of what people were expecting Zay Jones to be a short intermediate guy with with good hands but he's a lot more athletic and he's got more upside than that but I think floor wise or role wise that's kind of what you're looking for is a short to intermediate route guy with and he already did it with a terrible quarterback so he'd want to like a terrible quarterback so his career like Maryland just didn't want to actually put out a decent quarterback for him well they kept getting hurt over and over and over exactly a decent quarterback needs to stay healthy yeah at one point a linebacker throwing to him (laughs) Number four overall prospect is pretty strong. I like it. Uh, James, do you have a DJ Moore opinion here? I've come around a little bit on DJ Moore. I I guess I was concerned just because, and I think somebody already kind of made the Zay Jones comparison. I saw a lot of Zay Jones in his game, and I, I definitely think that his floor is high enough to where... I mean, he'll probably be a wide receiver too. I, I guess my thing is, is I don't know... I, I don't know that he has the frame to play outside. I almost see him as a slot guy, a, a guy who's going to play in the slot, and that's fine in today's league, but I just don't know that that gives him the elite upside. But in this year's wide receiver class, I don't know that there's anybody that really has that. So I, I, I'm i torn with, with a guy like DJ Moore. I, I know a lot of people have seen uh, his tape, and he really wows on tape. Um, and I, I kind of like that, but I, again, I'm just I'm a little concerned because I see a lot of Zay Jones in his game, and I think he's a little bit more athletic. But I also think he might end up getting pigeonholed as kind of a slot receiver, and I don't know that his upside is as high as I would want if I had him ranked as the fourth overall prospect. I mean, he's got but, an inch and ten pounds on Odell. That's actually my comp to him. Like, obviously, like if you're going to get comp to Odell, you got to do something amazing. Just given his metrics, the way that Maryland used him, a lot of yak, a lot of short, a lot of intermediate. They did test him deep. But when you watch Odell, a lot of it's the same outside of his amazing catch radius, which obviously DJ Ward I don't think has at that point. But he tacks the ball well in the air. Uh, he's a strong route runner. Especially he's a strong yak runner. Obviously, he still has some things he's got to work on. Um, he does tend to favor, I believe, the dig route, the in-slanting route more than the comeback or outside. But like his upside is as better, or his upside is as high as any other receiver in this class. Yeah. Or for another comparison, he's the exact same size as Pierre Garçon, which is his player comp and player profile. Yeah, it, that worked out well. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, nice. yeah, I, I think he has the size. I, I'm, I'm just a little bit more. I, I think you guys nailed it. He's, I think he does most of his damage with, with Yak. I think getting him the ball in space is going to be a key, and um, I, I think they can best do that probably moving him around. Um, so, I mean, maybe I, I it, he's going to have to go to somebody who's going to use him correctly. They're going to move him around. They're not just going to station him outside. Um, somebody who can kind of use him to get the matchup that they want, um, I think, will probably be best. So, um, yeah, I like DJ Moore, uh, oh, oh, but I, I don't know that I'd have him as high. But, again, I, I definitely like his game, and I think you guys made some really good, strong arguments there. Um, I'm definitely going to kind of revisit him and see if – Maybe he does project as somebody I could see, you know, uh, on the outside, and maybe as a little bit more of a uh, an outside guy. I do agree with you, though, uh, uh, James. That I think they'll like whoever drafts him is going to move him around a shit ton. He'll play outside, but I don't think it, like it'll be more of like an e- maybe a, you know an even split early on with outside inside as teams just want to give him the ball as much as they possibly can. They'll probably move him around like they do Thielen, where he moves moves both in and yeah. Out. Anyway, at the 108, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pull a thing that Don't do it, I, man. I, I would do in drafts. No, actually, no, no, I'm not because I don't like what I was about to do as much. I was just going to do it to snipe Nick um, because I know where he values this player. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go take my number one wide receiver since he's there. I'm going to go ahead and get Cortland Sutton. Um a couple quarterbacks I have at the same tier that are still there, so I'm not not too worried about that at this point. Um, I'm like James. If this was a real draft, I'd probably be trying to trade back. But right here, I'm going to take Cortland Sutton. I think that he has the most upside at any wide receiver in this class. I think that he shows the athletic traits, the agility. He's got the size to play outside. And I think that if there is anybody here that has the you know a future as a wide receiver one or a fantasy wide receiver one, it's Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I like that. I like that pick. I like Cortland Sutton. I, I think that's a guy who, um, I mean, to me, I kind of see his frame as kind of a Terrell Owens type. Um, he kind of has that length and, and the size to to um, to kind of do, do a lot. You know, he can be a red zone threat. He can be a guy um, that can help you over the middle, make some tough catches. So, yeah, I, I like Cortland Sutton a lot. Um, he definitely still has some things to work on as well. Uh, but uh, but no, overall, I like the pick. I like the T.O. comp, too, because I saw some of the diva mentality out of him in his tape also, some bad OPI penalties, some some complaining, some body language things. But he, he does have some things to refine, but overall, like I said, when it comes to upside, I just think that he's got the most in this class. Well, I also love him. He's amazing after the catch. He definitely has a little bit of Demarius Thomas where he can catch the ball and just start taking off for yards real easy. Yeah, he's still a pretty raw prospect too. I mean, he got uh, scouted as a as a safety coming out of high school, and obviously, when you see a six three, you know, two eighteen, you know, type of body, you you know, you're gonna want to move him to the outside, play you know, play receiver, and see what you got there. So there's still a lot of nuances he's gonna have to fix, but uh, just with his agility score that he posted, and you know, with that three cone for his size, it's just it's it's just unbelievable. Where where if you can get uh, fully developed as a, you know, as a true wide receiver, he could beat you physically, and he can beat you just with with quick jabs and step moves, and then just you know take uh, passes to the house at any point in time. That's he has the highest upside for you know for a receiver in this draft, in my opinion. I totally agree on the upside for sure, and he's a he's one of these guys where, I mean, 
from draft to draft, you could see him going anywhere from 103 to 110. So to get him at, at 108, I think, is, is pretty solid. Um, yes. I'm up here at the 109, and I'm going to take the guy who I thought you were going to take, Hopper. Uh, I'm going to go with Royce Freeman. I, I considered it. Um, he was he was the other one I was juggling there because I am super high on Royce Freeman. As but, am yeah. I. Uh, this is, James this is I th- not where I think he should go. Yeah, I think James hates him, so we'll have he'll he'll get his time <laughs> in the sun here in just a second. But this guy's awesome. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why people don't like him. Um, he was hyper productive. Uh, he came out and over impressed at the combine versus what everybody thought he was going to do. And I mean, he's he's got great vision. He's got good power. He I I think he's absolutely a three uh, three down back. So I. I'm loving this this 109 to like 201 range is like Royce Freeman heaven for me. So I'm all about that. Um, I'll let you guys speak on him a little bit. I'll go ahead and go and give my uh, my prescripted rant that I make every time we talk about Royce Freeman. Right, I'm going to grab a drink while he does this. <laughs> He's heard it 20 <laughs> times already. So Royce Freeman has a lot of Le'Veon Bell to his game. He's patient. He's got that vision. He's that type of player. Um, he his combine numbers came out really close to Le'Veon Bell's size does. Um, there's a lot of comparisons you can make there at college, and so in the College Football Reference database, there's one other player besides Royce Freeman that has over 5,500 rush yards and over 800 receiving yards, and it's Donnell Pumphrey. But the difference between Royce Freeman and Donnell Pumphrey is about three inches and 50 pounds. Freeman is a lot bigger. So I think he's got the size. He's got the raw ability. He's got the hands, the power, the vision, everything that you would want in a three-down back. And I think that you know he's my favorite back after you get out of Barkley, Geis, and Chubb. He's my four. I love it. James, what do you think? <laughs> Wow. Um, well, I uh, man, this episode is just going to be called um, Four Against James One. Is dumb, and this is why. Yeah, James is dumb, and this is why. Everybody, team up, team up. Episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I, I just, okay. So, look, Royce Freeman obviously was super productive, but I, I guess my concerns are I thought he was best as a sophomore. I mean, his sophomore year, I thought he showed best on tape. His his uh, His numbers were the best. Um, and I, I have what bothers, uh, maybe not bothers me, but what uh, what I'm uh, surprised with Travis is you're you're uh, kind of a, a, a Royce Freeman guy, and I don't know that he's really shown that he can catch the ball out of the backfield all that much either. I mean, he started all four years, so he did have 79 receptions over that four year span. But I mean, last year he had 14. The year before, 23. I mean, I he hasn't really been used as a receiver all that much out of the backfield there. I mean, we're talking, you know, less than two receptions a game last year and two a game uh, the year before. But, I mean, um, I I don't know. I don't see a special player there. He played against Pac-10 defenses. The Pac-10 defenses are terrible. Um, I think it, I, I just I, – I get the patience thing. I, I, I want to point out that somebody um, – when, when you had said that uh, 
that he kind of runs with a little of Le'Veon Bell. I definitely see the patience that he runs with, and I really like that. Um, and I don't, it's not that I don't like Royce Freeman. I just don't like him this high. Um, I, I think there's other backs that I would rather have than him. Um, I think a lot of people are going to look at his productivity and see a guy who, um, you know, was reliable, played all four years, and uh, and, and put up some decent numbers. But um, I, I don't like the offense that he played in. Um, traditionally, Oregon, and that doesn't always translate very well. I mean, the last back that I think translated pretty well would probably be Jonathan Stewart. Blunt? Um, Garrett Blunt? Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely think they're different backs, though. I think LeGarrette Blunt was a, kind of a bruiser style. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I get that. But I, I just, I don't know. I I, uh, I see Royce Freeman. I don't see a special player. I see a guy who, um, uh, who I, I just, I mean, I, I think he's okay. I, I just think, uh, I think he could use better vision at times. I think he was highly productive getting the ball in space. Um, you know, but I, I don't, I don't know. I didn't see a special player there. I didn't see a guy that I would have ranked in the top five in this class. So just for your reference too, um, he caught 14 balls last year, but the running backs for Oregon total caught 30. So he was almost half of the receiving production. And in, in yeah, Oregon, yeah. just the program and the talent that's been around him. And this is kind of cliche, but you know, 2014-2015, you know, that was fresh off. 2014 was the last season Mariota was there. That program has kind of gone downhill. So, I mean, some productivity loss from that sophomore year is going to be, I mean, it's to be expected. There was really nobody else at Oregon besides Royce Freeman that was part of that, that was flashing on that offense. Yeah, I'll just quickly jump in. Um, I won't uh, completely love or hate Royce. I'm I'm actually a pretty big Royce Freeman fan, but I'll I'll stand on James's side here just for a slight second. Uh, there is some concern with the Dantic, you know, in production over the last two seasons compared to his sophomore year. Uh, a lot of that you can say is probably based on the offense, but when you're the best player in your team, sometimes you just gotta you know figure it out. Um, I but mean, it's Royce not, did the best that he could. I mean, best that he could and figure it out. I mean, his efficiency was never below five point five yards a carry. He was six five five six six zero. So, I mean, I don't – and toted the ball over 240 times his sophomore and senior year. So, I'm not really – there wasn't a whole lot of figure it out there. When you rack off 1,400 – you know, six sorry, 1,400 rushing yards, another 16 touchdowns, there's yeah. not a lot of figuring well, it out there. You pretty well got it figured out when you're producing like that. Yeah, I, I definitely think production was there, but I think somebody also brought up, you know, Danelle Pumphrey. I mean, production was there too. I think we have to be a little bit. I mean, if we're going off of production, Rashad Penny should be off the board by now, um, just from last well, year. So I, going I think off tape production too, though, is. And I saw better out of Freeman than than Penny on tape. And as far as Pumphrey goes, uh, the reason I make that point is just how ridiculous it is that a guy that is the size of Freeman works that well in space, like a guy that's the size of Pumphrey did. And, you know, Pumphrey's size, you look at him and you don't see it in NFL back because he was 5'6", 178. Yeah, he, he was tiny. Yeah. He was like 5'9", yeah, like 180. Yeah. But. I, I, I suppose. I mean, we could argue all day about Penny. I could look at his combine numbers and I could look at his size and say, I think this guy projects better than 
than Freeman does, but that, I guess that's that's kind of beside. I'm just saying when you look at production at college, it doesn't always translate to NFL, yep. and that's that to me is kind of my my only thing is that I'll I'll go with what I saw on tape, and obviously you guys saw. I mean, uh, he, he definitely. I mean, like you said, I mean he produced. There, there's no saying that he didn't. But um, I just thought that when he played some of the tougher defenses, I didn't see the production as well either, um, and I, I definitely saw a drop off in film um, from sophomore year to senior year. So I think you guys explained a little bit of that, and that makes sense to me um so maybe it's someone i'll go i'll go revisit but uh but as of now i still don't think i'd have him top five in this running back class it's just too strong of a class for me and right. welcome to the royce freeman podcast <laughs> no, you, want to, you want to talk about jordan howard for a while or, you know. hey 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 back off yeah <laughs> i do what i want no uh that was good stuff uh royce freeman at 109 james you're up at the 110 here this is going to be fun because I just uh, pretty much said how Pac-10 defenses aren't very good, and I'm going to go ahead and take a Pac-10 running back that I like, and I'm going to take Ronald Jones. And um, the reason why I like Ronald Jones, real simple, I, I think he's a playmaker. Um, I, I I saw his tape and thought initially this is a guy who's going to make his living outside. Um, he's going to be kind of a change of pace back. I don't think he's big enough or strong enough to run in between the tackles. And then I watched a, a few more tapes and I saw a guy who especially his tape against Stanford I saw a guy who ran inside who was showed that he could probably make a living doing it I mean he was he ran tough he ran strong he ran hard Um, he didn't bounce a lot outside he found a hole inside or he just you know kind of put his head down and and ran for what he could get Um, and I, I really liked seeing that he was capable of that um, he's also really young. He's the youngest, I believe, is the youngest running back coming out of the draft. So um, he definitely still has uh, has some things to work on. But uh, you know, with his youth, with his upside, um, I, I really like getting him here. So I'll be interested to see what you guys think of that uh, of Ronald. Jones. We're big fans, actually. I think across the board, we can't really disagree with a lot of what you said. He's a surprisingly good between the tackles runner i thought the same thing with his athleticism and his speed but he is surprisingly good between the tackles he's put on a bit of weight and, um since the college season ended which i think is only going to help him out uh he looks quick on tape he looks dynamic we're we're big on jones i'm just really pissed off that uh he ran at his pro day because i just think that i mean whoever told him that you should run on an 85 percent hamstring especially doing like a 20 yard shuttle and your three cone and things like that where you can re-injure it fairly quickly. Uh, but I'm a big fan of Jones. Like, the fact that he came in three pounds heavier, you know, on his pro day shows that he's willing to bulk up, willing to put in that type of effort uh, to get bigger because that's his biggest knock is he's 205 at the combine. He's not the size to be a three-down back. You know, at least you're, you know, you're uh, uh, – traditional three down back and the fact that he's bulking up and getting there if he can maintain that speed and he's got good vision he sets up his blocks very well he's a very patient runner as well but he's got the home run speed uh if that can show up when he gains weight uh he could be a huge pickup yeah and he already runs strong so if he can get up to 215 220 that should be real fun just to get watch. to michelle's mm-hmm. weight that's where he needs to start yeah, yeah, no, I agree with all that that you guys said, especially r- running in its pro day, I thought was silly too. I mean, doing everything, the agility drills. I mean, I, I don't know what he thought he had to gain there, um, running on a hamstring that was that bad. Yeah, whoever gave him that advice, I don't you think should fire him. Yeah. Whoever his agent is, fire him right on the spot. That was yeah, so that was, stupid. That was, was the bad. same guy that told Deontay but, uh, Burnett to do it on eighty percent hamstring, also. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. A- another really young uh, USC player that's coming into the draft, but. Um, 
but yeah, no, with Ronald Jones too. One other thing, I I think you guys are right as far as him adding that uh, that weight. But the good thing for him is I I think he has the frame that he he can add that weight. You know, I think he has the uh, the frame where he can he can handle that. So I think that's that's another thing that I like about it too is that um, he's still kind of growing into his body a little bit and he has that frame to add that bulk. So um, that's another reason why I'm pretty high on him. I like it. Yeah. Wow. We Uh-oh. agree on something. Uh oh, Travis. Travis doesn't like, like Ronald, Ronald Jones, Jones very much. Uh, oh, good. Uh, I'm not really. It's I'm boring not if all him. of us agree. That's right. <laughs> yeah. um, we need to kind of keep this draft rolling, so we don't need to go too long here. I've I've spoken my piece on Ronald Jones on this show in the past, but yeah, I don't. As far as like the whole running the pro day thing, like I don't buy that, dude. Like. You of course, if you come out and you suck, you're gonna say your hamstring is still bad. Like he said, he was at 85 percent after he ran all the drills. Like who who the he'd hell been, knows? He'd been dealing with it since November, though. He tweaked it at the combine. No, I and the thing, that, the thing, the, the thing that that jumped out to me, and I didn't mean to cut you off or step on you there. The thing that jumps out to me though is that USC reported his time at a 4:48, which I think is closer to what he looks like on tape. And then there's a scout in the stands that clocked him at like a four five six or a four five nine or something like that. And you know, he ran a four six at the combine though when he tweaked his hamstring and pulled up a little bit under halfway through it. So I think closer to that four four eight on eighty percent hamstring or whatever is is more realistic. And that's why I don't balk too much at that. It's because, you know, that's he was fine. at four six when he pulled up halfway through his so forty. He was four six five. Just to make it clear at the combine, but so four four eight even at his pro day, let's say it is a four four eight. We all know pro day forty times are faster. So yep. I mean, you add the point zero five, and we're talking four point five three, and we're talking about this is the guy who was supposed to be the fastest running back in the draft, or one of the right. Like he was regarded as like that. That was one of the big things that that he used to win was his breakaway speed and his home run speed. And I, th- I think a lot of that was his ability to sustain it, though, too, not just running in a straight line 40, but to sustain it in and out sure. of his breaks and, and in I, and out of I his totally cuts. I totally agree. 40, 40 times not everything. And I, I, I get that. I, I agree with that. But he's my biggest problem. And and I don't know how. I mean, James kind of mentioned it when when he was trying to dog on on Royce Freeman. But Ronald Jones Okay, so we've already seen reports coming out that NFL teams view Ronald Jones as a 10 to 15 touch per game player. Uh, That's kind of just based on his size, he's going to be pigeonholed into that kind of Mm -hmm. satellite back role, whether we want him to or not. And he's yet to show that he can succeed in that role. He's not going to be I guess my whole my whole problem is he's not going to be the best pass catcher on on an NFL team and he's not going to be the, the grinder, the bigger, the in between the tackles runner on a team. Like he's going to be, and that's why I keep going back to, he's a Mir Abdullah dude. He's not the best goal line guy and he's not the best receiving guy on his team. He's, he gets touches in between the twenties in between the tackles. Like, I don't know, man, I'm just, I don't see the upside with him. Fair. Especially the size concerns. Yeah, especially if a team does actually draft him to be their three-down satellite bat and try to make him into – Yeah, right. Hashtag landing spot matters. Um, And then if he gets (laughs) his 12 to 15, you know, touches a game, 
you just hope that it's you know you know if that happens and he starts off in that Kamara like type of role, maybe he's used more as a pass catcher. Though there's been reports he's not as comfortable catching a football, but you know through all the reports that it's pro day, he looked fairly comfortable. And I know we don't want to take into account of the pro day, you know, as highly as some of the other things, but at least we got a positive report of him being a pass catcher, and if that's going to be his type of role. There, and then if he keeps adding on that weight, there is you know that upside that he could be something more. Yeah, and I don't. I also don't necessarily like when running backs come in small and have to add weight. Like I'd prefer the opposite. I'd prefer a big guy who sheds some pounds and performs even better. You know what I mean? Like you, uh, I think I know who you're talking you, about. You right mean now. that Chris Warren love? Or? <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I was not specifically thinking about him, but yeah, I mean for that. You know what I mean though? Like why we we think this guy's this electric player and he. Turn, I mean, he may or may not be as electric as we thought at first, and now he's adding weight. What's do you that going to do? Do you have a type? Like when you look at running backs, do you have a type that you generally prefer? He swipes left on a Ronald. Are, Jones. are you a type guy? It's generally. <laughs> James is laughing, so I'm going to say think the answer is yes. <laughs> and Ronald um, Jones isn't that type, is he? I have this problem. I like I'm I like dreadlocks. <laughs> um, no, on walks on the beach. No, I, I'm asking because I had this problem, and before I started really deep diving numbers when we started this last year, I was I would have been right and am like right with you on Ronald Jones to a degree because I I dock smaller backs more just because of how much can they do, how much can they be on the field. I like bigger guys. Right. I mean, I definitely <laughs> lean towards like I would prefer. <laughs> I would prefer over, you know, that 5'11 and over 215 at a minimum, yeah. like really. Yeah, because like, that's about when you get into that three down back. I mean, right. I honestly don't, I don't care about height that much. It's just yeah, what's not the BMI. Much, but yeah. yeah, right, right, right. And Ronald Jones' BMI is 28.6, 16th percentile. Yeah. Anyways, uh, too long on Ronald Jones. I know we, me and James has gone, have gone on it a little bit already. James, unless you want to add anything else in. No, I'll just say that uh, that with that logic, you would have missed out on Alvin Kamara last year. But that's <laughs> that's all. Shots fired. Yeah. Well, now I go. Okay. <laughs> well, now I gotta defend myself. <laughs> Kamara's two hundred fourteen, five ten, two fourteen, thirty point seven BMI, sixtieth percentile. So, not even yeah. not he even the same player. When he came into the league, not even the same player. Now. Anyways, right. <laughs> um, let's go on to the 111. This is a slow-moving draft here. Um, you guys didn't know you were signing up for an email draft, right? Eight-hour time. <laughs> this is the same auctions. This yeah. is the same yeah. other auction draft. I'm going to do a nomination. nominations. Nom, nom. Uh, Can we add Dan, more? <laughs> Dan, you're at the 111 with a new nom, nom. Oh, man. Um, I'm a little torn here. If I didn't take... Uh, Sam Darnold, I think I'd be uh, Lamar Jackson here. I want to go with my number four running back, though, and that's the other Georgia running back, Sonia Michelle. Um, I've been the highest on him in terms of the show. I know Hopper's got a little bit lukewarm on him. I don't know how much he likes him anymore. He's a, he's my seven. Uh, or, sorry, six. So kind six. of still. Yeah. Yeah. You still call him after 230 just to say 
if she's still awake. You up. You up. <laughs> you up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in terms of Michelle, um, I've been a big fan of him since watching this tape. I, the fact that he was able to outshine Nick Chubb in the final two games of this year helped, you know, help that help stand out to me more. Uh, the fact that he's got enough speed to run outside. Uh, the f- I think he could be. I don't think he will be a pass catching back in the NFL. I know that the numbers don't necessarily translate to that. He had just nine receptions his senior year, but that's more of the offense. And I think with him, because his sophomore and junior, he had 20 plus, which isn't necessarily great, but at least it shows that they want to get him involved. And he went out there, you know, and he ran routes. And he does have the size at 215, 5'11, 215 to be a three down back. Uh, his name has gone kind of quiet. So I think I can be getting a lot of his shares and drafts. Uh, just because of that, the only thing I'm high on named Sony is my PlayStation. I'm like, I know, I, 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 it's about the only thing that has Sony involved in it that I like. Uh, my issue with Michelle is just he's supposed to be this dynamic receiving back, and he wasn't that in college, and he gets tripped up too easy in space. I think that he can be fine. I just don't think his upside is kind of where the five guys I have ahead of him are. Yeah, um, that's fair. I think there's some bust potential there. And that's just almost purely based on his tape. Yeah, I feel the same way about Ronald Jones. Though him going at the 11th pick, I'd be very happy with. Yeah. (laughs) In either format. Yeah. No, I think the price is right here. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I think think this is about the spot in the Superflex that I'd feel comfortable taking, Michelle. I have some concerns, too. But I definitely think that his upside is there to where at this point, this point of the draft with who's left on the board, I think I'd be comfortable taking him here. Yeah, no, Price was right for sure. Oh, hey, I did something right. <laughs> no, I, I like Michelle there. He's I, We've talked about his warts on our podcast, but I love him there at the 11th pick. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes. <laughs> um, all right, they Nick, do. 112. What are you going to do at the 112? All right, there's two players I'm kicking around here, but I do think I finally need to grab a quarterback, so I'm going to go ahead and get uh, – the running quarterback of this class and grab Lamar Jackson here to finish up the first round. That's who I was talking about at the 108 that I almost took because I knew it wouldn't get back past you. So the way I look at it, he's one of the more likely players to start year one because I think he probably lands in a more precarious situation, either Buffalo or Arizona, where it's less likely the people in front of him will either survive the season or fend him off uh, for very long. And just his the way he plays, you should immediately start returning value once he gets into the NFL and starts as a starter because he'll be able to run yards to at least give you a decent floor. We've seen how guys like Dak Prescott, where even if they're not blowing the world away as a uh, passer, just the rushing floor with yards and touchdowns is able to get them into a QB1 conversation. And I saw enough in his game that while I don't know how great of an NFL quarterback he's going to be, I think he's going to be awesome as a fantasy quarterback. For about three to five years. And you know what? At the end of the first (laughs) round of the Superflex League, I'll take it. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think the value here is pretty awesome. He's another one of those guys... Uh, where I've seen him as people's dynasty QB1. So, I mean, you could be talking anywhere from 102 to, to 202. So, yeah, I can't, can't hate the Lamar Jackson there. The, the upside is real for sure. Hey, real quick, this episode is brought to you by gtbets.eu, an official sponsor of the Super Flexible Podcast and the Dynasty Football Network. Are you looking to get some action in on today's games? Head over to gtbets.eu for all of your sports betting needs with updated odds covering all major sports. The bottom line, gtbets.eu will have you placing your first bet within minutes with their simple-to-use registration process 
So register now and earn up to $500 in free money. Simply add Superflex in the referred by field to get the highest possible welcome bonus. That's Superflex, all one word, for your welcome bonus at gtbets.eu. And I'm pretty sure I set up Hopper's pick, so I believe he's out of Colorado State. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Hopper with the 201. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go back wide receiver here since Jackson's gone. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Michael Gallup. He is my third number three wide receiver on my board. I love the way that he plays. I love his route running ability. I love the way that he fights through coverage. I like the I like his hands. I like the just the technique that he plays with. Uh, he's a more technical wide receiver. He doesn't rely solely on athletic talent, and I think that that translates well. I think that. His upside and floor is probably in that wide receiver two range. Floor's probably a three. Um, I think that he's ready to come in and contribute to an NFL team based on what I saw on his tape. I just don't like his upside as much as Moore and Sutton, so that's why he's below. Oh, that's interesting. I, I actually like Gallup a lot, too. I, I have him as wide receiver six, and I thought I was high on him just based on consensus, but um, I, I think he made some really good points. He's one of my, my favorite guys in the draft just because I think you're right. I think he has a lot of traits that translate well into the week. I think he's a good route runner. I think he's, um, you know, we saw guys like Juju Schuster and Cooper Cup come into the week last year mm-hmm. and compete, you know, I really excel right away and I think that was based off of route running I mean those were two of the better route runners in the draft last year so I think Gallup could be in a similar situation could find himself um, you know with the right landing spot and opportunity uh, could find himself in a really nice spot and I, I, I like the player so yeah I'm, I'm okay with it here it might be a little high for me but I, I really I'm notoriously like Gallup, so. high on him we're all high <laughs> on him as a show I have him as a number three too I just we, we all have him at three. yeah like he's their most like I think he's the most balanced receiver in this draft in terms of you know be being able to beat you vertically. He does a lot of his damage in the short and the intermediate route. He's got enough speed and enough of that agility to beat you with yak. And just with his production and that trust, the fact that he beat up on Alabama, which is mm-hmm. about as close to an NFL defense mm-hmm. as you're going to see, uh, I think wherever he lands, hashtag landing spot may not matter as much for him. Uh, especially with some of the needy wide receiver teams at top of the draft, I think he has a chance to uh, to return a lot of value year one and then be able to retain that value just because I think he'll be a dominant number two with that wide receiver one upside. Yeah, and if you need to get sold on him, go ahead and watch the tape against Alabama where he is going up against SEC NFL level court, uh, future NFL corners, I should say, and he is just outbodying him and making catches. It's fantastic. Yep, that, that game was a selling yeah. point for yeah. me. Yep. Uh, he's one guy that I haven't had my balls busted for having him high by anybody. Yep. So I think everybody on Gallup is either neutral to in love. Yeah, I think people yeah, have been it, like, "Go ahead, you guys are you guys are high on him," but I've not heard anybody like attack us for how high he is. Well, I know yeah. the PFF has him ranked their number one receiver, so I think if people are starting to look at some of those and they you know pay like I did, you know you know and paid for their draft package. We'll see that and then see why. Draft package. <laughs> <laughs> draft package. One more, one more time. One more time. Air quotes. Draft package. <laughs> draft package. <laughs> yeah, I think it kind of plays into the the whole mindset of this year's wide receiver core. Really, depending on who you talk to, you're, the top five could have five, I mean, 20 different people in it. You know what I mean? It's like mm. nobody's really... There's no consensus, I guess, is what I'm saying. So 
can't really hate anybody for having any of these top few wide receivers as their number one, two, or three, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I'm up again at the 202, and I'm going to go with, I don't know, I don't know honestly how any of you four feel about this player, so I'm interested to find out, but I'm going to go carry on Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we like it. Mm-hmm. So I think that he... Th- there was one report that came out that he said he expects to play in a running back committee in the NFL, which kind of freaked me out a little bit. Um, he said that himself, <laughs> which is a little bit scary, but I don't think he needs to. I think I think he's another another one of these guys that could, if given the opportunity, be a, a, an NFL three-down running back. And at the 202, I mean, really, I'm all about the running back this year in this rookie draft. I think that they return value or, or increase in value significantly faster than than all the other positions, except obviously, you know, the quarterback's going to hold true in Superflex. But, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go hard at running backs this year, and he's another guy that I like. He's got the size, and, and um, he's shown some receiving ability, which is important to me, uh, and his – I mean, he had crazy jumps at the at the combine. His overall metrics weren't that impressive. He's kind of an average athlete, but uh, yeah. What do you guys think about Carryon Johnson? I think this is a little bit of a hot take, but I think that Carryon Johnson might end up being what people think Sony Michelle is going to be. Um, just, if he stays healthy, yeah. If he stays healthy, because the one only real red flag I had on him was that he tends to get hurt a decent amount which you we can get into the injury prone is or isn't a thing debate. I don't really want to, but um, no, that's slight, slightly concerning. But as far as the player and the talent goes, I think that he comes in with a lot of the same skill set that Sonny Michelle has. He just doesn't get tackled as easily in space, but he's a similar size player. He's good between the tackles. He's like Travis said, he's shown some flashes as a pass catcher. So yeah, I love the pick. He's like he's one of those unforgotten, or he's one of those like forgotten running backs that people have in their top ten. They just never talk about because he's not just a hot name. Um, but I, I love his tape. The, the fact that you know that he came out and said that he may want to be you know in a three down back committee or you know in a you know running back by committee means that there is some durability concerns. He does run upright and he's a bigger back, so that's that's something that a coach will need you know to have him fix if you know you know if you can but he's got as much upside as any of these running backs in here and if you can land in that offense that he just has that opportunity see i take that is kind of not a negative thing that he said that he expects that though because when you look at what the nfl is going to they're all a lot of teams have have committees and it just shows that he's not going to give you the diva mentality like Le'Veon bell gives the steelers for example Uh, fuck Dallas may, you know, could put Zeke in a running back by committee if they draft the pass catcher. So right, I mean, there's what four guys that aren't really committed at this point. Maybe mm, a few more than that, but especially after last year when you had five running backs who could potentially be, you know, their RB ones with the bullet in their offense. Maybe outside of like CMC, who will be dominant in PPR leagues and be, you know, dominant from a fantasy standpoint. But, you know, you also have guys, you know, Fournette, Cook, mixing. You know, that's just adding five more running backs, uh, potentially six into the fold. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, I tell you what, I, uh, I'm i next on the board here uh, after you took carry on Johnson there, Travis. So um, 
Man, this this is difficult because there's a lot of receivers on here that I I would be okay taking here, but I'm gonna go running back again, um, and I think uh, I think I'm gonna take my man crush, and I'm gonna take John Kelly, uh, running back from Tennessee. And when I when I watch John Kelly, I I see a back that I think is very similar to Kareem Hunt. Um, I see a back who runs really tough. It's hard to bring down, absorbs a lot of hits. Um, he does a lot of things well. He catches the ball well out of the backfield. Um, he's good running inside and outside. I think it's a guy who um, could end up being a three-down back in the NFL. Um, so I, I'll take John Kelly, and uh, and I've talked about him enough on this show, so I'll, I'll kind of hear what you guys uh, have to say about it. Dan's actually made the Kareem Hunt comparison on our show before. I put uh, it on Twitter right after I watched his film. I'm like, he's going to be this year's Kareem Hunt if, uh, if the team that drafts him uh, the main back gets hurt. Cause. I, w- I was a little lazier with it. I went with the Kamara comparison because I think he runs with similar balance. He uh, is not afraid to blow open his own holes through the line. If they're not there, he runs really, really hard. Um, he's got decent size. He's a guy that I watched his tape, and I my jaw kind of hit the floor, and then I had to, to scoop it back up. But he's somebody I was considering at the 201 when I took Gallup. So. He's my favorite like true like potential dart throw RB1. And I think, like, like the hype on him got pretty heavy. I think it's kind of calmed down a little bit since, you know, some, you know, with the reports of him running a four six nine forty, really, really scared people off of him. He's he's got tremendous balance through contact. I know that he's smaller, so he should, but he looks like Kamara out there at times. And I think just with the way that he runs, I listened to his interview. Uh, some podcast had him on there, and I just I fell in love with him even more. Like it was a hateful eight, wasn't it? It was somebody, but either way, I just absolutely loved just his game, just his passion with with how he runs a lot. Like Darius guys, I think he's the second strongest runner in this draft, or at least up there, top three with guys like guys and Chubb, and you know, with that type of passion as a runner, that's gonna you know, that's gonna make you stand out really well, you know in this mix of running backs that you get landed on with. Yeah. Uh, John Grenade Kelly, the only uh, other thing I would say about him is uh, he would have been the only guy I would have taken in front of carry on um, uh, for running backs. So mm-hmm. nice. All right, Dan, you're up at the two Oh four. I'm going to go with one of my, one of my big draft crushes here for wide receiver. And that's ESB. No, I will not pronounce his entire name because <laughs> We will be here for another three hours through stutters and whatnot. <laughs> uh, so with ESP 6, 5, 218, 215, he's a big outside receiver. He ran a 4.49. He's got good open field speed. They used him when they actually threw him the football on target. You get to see his yak ability. Just watch that sp- his play against Stanford. You get to see that you know he's got the speed to set the edge and get out there. He high points the ball really well. He's a decent route runner. Uh, he shows up well when it comes to run blocking. I watch him drive a guy down when they're down, you know, forty-one to three, and they're still running the football, and he drove a you know a defensive back into the ground. So he's got the effort. I get his question marks when it comes to his effort, but I think if he can land into an offense that w- wants to you know give him targets and volume, uh, he could really be one of the better receivers in this draft, if not one of the best. In the interest of time, I'm just going to agree with what you said. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I would disagree anyway. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I agree, too. I, I would say um, 
when I took John Kelly, if I did go wide receiver, I would have taken ESB. Um, definitely a guy who's kind of hard to evaluate just because, like you guys, like, like Dan, like you already stated, um, it was difficult for, for him. <laughs> he didn't see the ball on target very often. But uh, when he did, um, you saw a guy who, you know, hand catches really well, um, is able to high point the ball, has good size. So, yeah, everything you said, Dan, I totally agree with. I'm, I'm really high on ESB as well. That means one person's got to be low, and his name is probably Travis. Yeah, no, I don't, I'm I'm not going to hate on it. I, I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, the the upside's there for sure. He could end up. There's there's a chance he ends up being the best receiver in this class. Uh, so I mean, I can't can't hate it on at the 204. Nick, you're up at the 205. All right. Well, there's uh two guys I'm looking at here, but I think I am going to finally break the tight end seal here and go with uh, Dallas Goder. There, uh, there it is. I'm surprised you waited on him. Oh, wait, no, this is your first pick of the second round. No, you didn't. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, I've completely fallen in love with him. He looks like the best, uh, easily the best tight end in this class in a standard uh, format. I actually have him in the first round grade. Um, he's a great blocker. He can high point the ball. He showed good athleticism. Uh, I know Dan and Hopper disagree with me that a tight end shouldn't go this early, but he looks good enough that I'm fine taking him this high. I, 205 yeah, is okay. Yeah, 205 is closer. It's not as egregious as the 201 the other day. I mean, this or, is a super flex where four quarterbacks have gone to. Yeah. Back into- <laughs> so, yeah, pretty much the same thing. Yeah, yeah pretty much. You're right. That's that is, thing, this was your first pick in the second round. If you had had a higher pick, you would have went higher, I'm sure. Uh, no, there's a few players that would have gone in front of him that snuck out first. So gotcha. I'll tell you one thing. If if New Orleans takes him in round one, he will absolutely be a first round pick. So get prepared get prepared for that. That's fine. I mean I just don't see you know, spending that high of a value pick on a tight end when ninety nine percent of tight ends, you know, take two to three years to break out. And just the fact that the Saints may not have Drew Brees or Sean Payton two to three years. I'm it a, completely changes that offense. Hey, before before you have landing spots, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just throwing my dart on the talented player. I know. I get you, though. I get you. Yeah, I'm a little bit more okay with this here, like I said, than I am the 201 or the back of the first and with Johnson and Kelly and Gallup and ESB off the board just because you are getting the most talented the person at the tight end position. I agree so. with it, too. Or one of the two most talented people at the tight end position, rather, I should say, since <laughs> I have them ranked really close. Yep. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start a debate. I'm going to pull the trigger. Uh, I'm going to take Josh Allen. I mean, this is good value he, for He was the last. Time. Well, sorry. There's still my quintessential sleeper quarterback on the board yes. that I like. But he's the last of the big four. He's the last, last guy that's probably going to have uh, – it's probably going to have some sort of draft capital <laughs> in him and, and investment. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's because we've been making notes on the spreadsheet. He looks good in shorts. <laughs> he's got big hands. He's tall. Um, but he's got a cannon for an arm. And if they can fix some of the not good things, the inconsistent mechanics, for example, um, you know, he's got all the raw talent to do it. So I think I like the value on him at the 206. I love his value here in a super flex. I mean, even if I don't like him, I like the value. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. If he he would have been my pick here next, so yep. can't can't really hate you on it. Wow. I don't. It would have made me feel gross. I'm glad I didn't have to. I'm glad you jumped on that grenade for me. But you're welcome. You jumped on John Kelly. Just <laughs> just call <laughs> me Bruno Mars himself. Just call me Bruno Mars. Travis. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, at this point, you got. I mean, you gotta. He's gonna go. 
probably top five in the NFL draft. So, I mean, talk about this guy's going to get the opportunity for sure. And so he's going to be super flex fantasy relevant for the next few years. And you can't really, you can't really beat that at the, what is it? Two Oh, two Oh six. So yeah. yeah. Travis, I would have taken him at the 2.08. Um, but now that I know that he wasn't going to make it past <laughs> you, uh, no, I, I think it's a good pick. I think it's good value for a, a two QB or super flex here. Nice. All right, so I'm up at the 207 here, and there's a ton of good players here that are still on the board. That I'm pretty, I'm pretty shocked. Um, man, <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Calvin Ridley. I mean, he's my wide receiver four, so I don't. Yeah, I've got him at five. I don't hate it. It's it's good value. I mean, he's gonna probably. You know, he's gonna go in the first round in most drafts. Like, if we're being honest, he shouldn't. He shouldn't, but he he will in most but in was, most rookie drafts. He's gonna be a first round pick. I, I probably at two oh seven. I probably is so won't own him anywhere. Honestly, I probably I won't, won't either. either. But at two oh seven, I'll take him just because no, he's gonna be I a agree. first round NFL draft pick. Um, and I think his floor is safe. My problem is projecting him as this high-end, you know, elite receiver that I'm hearing people talk about. You know, I don't, I don't think the ceiling is there. But I think he is a polished player, and I think he gets on the field right away. And I think he definitely could be a contributor for for fantasy teams for a few years here. Um, I just don't see him being more than you know, low-end wide receiver two type of guy. I mean, he has to move out into the slot with his frame and his route running ability without that outside leverage. And if he lands in an offense that wants to use, you know, three, you know, traditional receivers that have moved into using the slot receivers more, if he turns into Jarvis Landry, I think anybody would be here be really happy to get Jarvis Landry at the 208. So, Oh, for sure. That's, yeah. But that's like that, his maximum upside, I think, in my opinion. That's why. It could, yeah. yeah, we're yeah. we're all in agreement with you. I think yeah, everybody exactly. in this room agrees with you that his upside is not. Yeah. You know, it's not Cortland Sutton. It's not where he was being hyped as some future fantasy superstar. You know, outside wide receiver one. He's not going to be that. I've got him and Christian Kirk ranked about the same because I think that they're both solid route runners that have futures as slot receivers with good hands and the athleticism is okay but i don't see all the upside being there so yeah i love him here though and i think you got him here because you're, you're i don't know what james thinks but the three of us are like you we don't think he's got that super high upside yeah yeah no i i absolutely agree with everything you guys said i think he's a, a good route runner my thing is too is you know he's he's a little older than some of the guys that are coming in which doesn't totally alarm me like it does others but it just says that, you know, to me, he's got to contribute right away. He doesn't have a year or two to kind of figure it out um, because by then, you know, he's he, what is he gonna, he'll, he'll be 25, 26, you know. So um, to me, I think he, uh, he has to figure it out pretty quickly too and find a role right away um, if he's going to give you, um, you know, the elite production that some of these other guys could. Yep. Yeah, and just like for – to further that point, like I think – both ESB and Cortland Sutton have higher upside, but their floors, I think, are below Calvin Ridley's floor. Like, Oh, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so completely. I mean, it kind of just depends on what you're looking for as far as risk versus reward. Like, I think Ridley's going to be a solid guy. And, like, ESB and, and Sutton both, like, there's a non-zero chance that they bust completely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... 
All right, James, yeah. 208, what are you thinking here? Yeah, 208, um, I'm, I'm going to take a, a, a shot on a receiver that I think ends up being a slot receiver too. I think um, he has a little bit more big playability, and so I'm going to take Anthony Miller, the wide receiver from Memphis. Um, it's a guy who, I mean, uh, really productive. I mean, uh, he had almost 1,500 yards and 18 touchdowns last year. Um, he played, you know, it had a huge game against UCLA where Memphis actually pulled off that upset and uh, looked really good. I mean, he shows uh, good route running. I think uh, I think he has good hands. He's he, he's really quick off the off the line. Um, he, he has to work on beating the press, in my opinion, um, but he's really elusive after the catch too. He's decent at breaking tackles, and he's a guy who I think could have a really high ceiling. Um, as a guy who could take the top off of defenses, but I think his floor is uh, a number three slot receiver that um, is going to have to make the best out of four or five receptions a game. But I think he can. I think he can do that. I think he has that big playability. So I'm kind of uh, curious to see what you guys think about Anthony you Miller. Snipe me. That's my. That's my take. Uh, I oh, wow. love Anthony okay. Miller, man. He he is the most aggressive runner that I've seen since C. Smith. I've made this point enough times where. We're both Nick and Chris. They're like, okay, we've heard it enough times. But, it, like, he can beat you on all three levels. He's great after the catch. He attacks the high point very well for a guy his size. And I think because of that aggressive outside running, he may have a chance to win, you know, to be that guy that can win on the outside as well. Yeah, uh, Anthony Miller is kind of in just this tier of guys that I think could potentially be good slot receivers. But he's one – towards the top of it because he's more athletic because he high points the football well he tracks the football well he's got good hands um he tracks a ton of boxes i think that you know height's just going to keep him in the slot but and overall, he keeps moving up receiver. boards too and, yeah. and it sounds like he's gonna be a day two pick too which is huge for a guy like him dan 209 we're almost almost at the end of the second round here well i think he he kind of slid at the two one nine, I'm gonna take Rashad Penny. I know as a, mm-hmm. I know I'm the highest um, as a show, but in terms of value, the guy that's got a first round of value to him in most rookie drafts, if not all, to get him at the back end of the second is great upside. Um, he is your uh, your prototypical size as a, a three down back in terms of the frame. Um, whether or not he can be a pass catcher. Uh, it remains to be seen. Nick will remind me for the hundredth thousandth time that he's a terrible pass blocker. I do agree with you, Nick. I was say, if you say it, I don't have to remind you. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, just with that upside here, I mean, I think he would have gone earlier. So I'm glad I got him here. Yeah, even though I don't like him that much, he would have been my pick there if you'd fallen. So. Exactly. Sometimes you just got to, you know, cash in that value chip. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I, I definitely think that this is a value thing. When I watch film on, on Penny – I mean, there wasn't a lot really to see except for him running through holes that were big enough for most people to drive dump trucks to through. So <laughs> it was it was tough to evaluate him a little bit, but um, obviously his combine was good enough. So I think, uh, and and like you said, you know, he has prototypical size. But you're right. I mean, the one thing that you could definitely take away was that Rashad Penny is terrible at at uh, pass protection. He's he's going to be a liability there. Um, so, but he's you also going to be at, a liability as a running back. I think. But that's just me. I, I I'm not super high on him either. <laughs> but really, like, 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 uh, like shots was fired. Saying, I mean, this is this is this is a pretty good value for a guy who's probably going to go at the end of the first round in most most uh, rookie drafts. So, 
Yeah, and, and even in Superflex, you generally would expect him to be early second at the latest. Yeah. And he'll be drafted in the actual NFL draft to at least have a chance to be I, I, I don't hate one. him here. Like, I can't pass up an opportunity to make a good joke, but I don't hate he him. He does here. run upright too much. Um, that's going to lead to fumbles and injuries, but he's so used to it just with the amount of production. I think you can fix, you know, bad pass blocking. Just ask Delvin Cook. So, yeah, you can teach technique. Yeah, I no, think I think most rookie drafts, <laughs> like you guys said, I think he's definitely a first round pick. I think most I, most times I'm seeing him go above Royce Freeman. I think that's probably like the chalky take. So, to, for him to fall this far, I mean, you kind of got to take him at some point. I will say yeah. that I'm definitely not on the the penny bandwagon, but I almost took him at 207 just on a purely value uh, based strategy there like he's he, he's probably going to be drafted in the nfl draft before royce freeman he, he probably will probably so, i mean i'm almost talking about the 204 i just i'm the highest yeah. on him i just i don't know i've been fading mid-tier running backs more than my upside receivers because this is the second round and i want to start taking more upside picks more than just the potential floor hey travis you know who won't be drafted before royce freeman in the nfl draft Auden tate Odd and Tate. We're going there, aren't we? Uh, someone had to bring them up. We had three oh, picks man. left. I'm gonna get like I'm, I think I'm gonna buy four Big Macs with James's twenty dollars when that happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. You should celebration mm-hmm. <laughs> until right, you know um, until it happens and we're all confused as to how it could actually. No happen. way! No way! <laughs> nah, it's not gonna be a thing. No, Mister Nick right. Sparts, you're up at the two ten, sir. All right, I have no idea how the hell he fell this far, but I'm going to go ahead and take Christian Kirk here at the uh, 210. Uh, looks like he's going to be a prototypical slot receiver in the NFL. Should be really safe. I think he's safer than Ridley is even because he doesn't have some of the red flags that uh, Ridley has to his game, uh, specifically age and athletic profile. So, I mean, he just looked fantastic on tape, worked on a uh, really limited passing game, and was able to put up a good dominator rating. So if I'm picking for if I'm looking at safe receivers around this point in value, I'll take Kirk, who's going generally late first, early second round. Yeah, no, that's a good call. He's going to be a first round draft pick in the NFL draft. He's going to operate out of the slot. He's a guy that has the qualities that translate well. It's not just athleticism. He's at, but he is athletic. He can pick up yards after the catch. He's good over the middle. Yeah, Yeah. you got yourself a sure thing, pretty much. You can fix yeah. some of the body catching issues that I saw. He could be a huge steal. And for the comparison, he actually is built like Jarvis Landry. So if you're looking for a Jarvis Landry 2.0. He's got the it. same speed, too. I think he ran a faster 40 time than Jarvis. Faster 40 and similar for his other scores. Yeah. But his is more hash shape any spot matters, too, because he's strictly a slot receiver. But he's got the size. I think he could even you know potentially play some outside. Of, you know, a 201, even though he's 5'10", you can still... Yeah, he's thick enough that he could possibly yeah. do it. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I think it's great value here, obviously, getting Kirk um, this late in the draft. But, man, I, I don't know. I'm going to ask you guys because I know you guys watch a lot of film too. The one thing I saw with Kirk, it seemed like he was afraid to get hit. Um, I even saw one instance where it was uh, he was about a yard shy of the first down and he went out of bounds so he didn't have to take the hit on a third down. Um, anybody else kind of get the impression that maybe he didn't want to take a hit and try to get that extra yard and I, I to me I, it's probably not a huge deal for a fantasy thing but as far as do I would I want this guy on my team it makes me question whether or not I would is that is that wrong 
No, I mean, I kind of see the same things. It, a lot of it comes with the body catching issues. I don't think he has the strongest hands. Um, a lot of the film that I watch and then some of the guys that broke down his certain plays will point it out too where because he's a body catcher and with the more physical corners backs, you know, even slot corners are more physical nowadays. Uh, he struggles with that catching and then just the fact that, you know, a defender can get a you know hand in there, arm in there, wait for him, and then boom, it's gone. Uh, I do I do agree with you there that he is. I don't know if he's afraid as much as, you know, he'll duck out of bounds every single time. That, you know, could also be coaching too. Uh, but I do, sure. I do I do definitely see him having some struggles early on with that catching technique and having, you know, him to redefine that in the NFL. Yeah, I didn't. He, so he's not like Cooper Cup was last year, or like Deontay Burnett and Trey Quinn are this year, where they're, you know, okay with getting plastered over the middle, <laughs> or yeah. even Braxton Berrios. Right. Oh, Braxton Berrios. Um, he, yeah, it, it didn't jump out a lot at me, but I. Now that you mention it, I do remember seeing some of that, and just you know, slot guys are going to have to take their lickings, and I don't know that he did as much of that as some of the others in this draft did. And that could also still be scheme and coaching as well. We don't it know what's be. going on there. Okay. Uh, but he, he mm-hmm. definitely didn't have the killer instinct that you necessarily want to see, like a Golden Tate who's just going to run over people, uh, even as a smaller player. Um, but I think he may play a little bit more like Landry, who I think it has played similarly. I mean, he may not need to, you know, the fact that I don't know how many times he's going to, you know, see similarities like that. A lot of these receivers will just duck and dive in the middle after they catch it and hopefully avoid contact. But we'll see how he looks after he takes his first NFL swing, and we'll go from there. 211, okay. Hopper. All right, there were uh, three things I was debating on here, and I think I'm going to go ahead and take Alan Lazard, though. Um, Lazard's my wow. favorite. Yeah, Lazard's my favorite big-bodied receiver. Um, he checks in 6'5". His combine numbers were very close to what Mike Evans were, actually. Um, and I think as far as big receivers with upside in this draft goes, he uh, he adjusts the ball well. I think he tracks the ball well. He's got great body control. Um, he's an all-right route runner. And like I said, just for his height and for his size, compared to the other big receivers in this draft, he was – you know, pretty athletic and graded better at the combine than they did. So I just think that this is almost a pure upside pick for me. His landing spot's going to be very interesting to me, to say the least. But I think that he's a guy that could surprise a lot of people. Yeah, he was. I debated taking him here just to snipe you. You knew I would do it, yeah. Uh, but I love Alan Lazard. Uh, he's one tier below Kirk for me, so I just couldn't quite betray my board like that. But overall, he's a hell of an outside receiver. Made some really nice plays on a bad passing game in, Al- in Iowa State. Um, and just overall, he looked like a very developed receiver, and I think he's going to hit the ground running in the NFL. Yeah, I, I like Alan Lazard a lot, too. I mean, he's listed at, what, 6'5", 233. I mean, he's a big guy, but he definitely showed some pretty good athleticism at the Combine. Um, he's a guy that I think from his junior to his senior year, he improved a lot at a few things. One thing, I, he was really good. I mean, if you watched him, I, I think um, uh, his his route running skills have improved, but I think one of the things that he does really well, he runs uh, uh, the shallow crossing route really, really well, and he's good at the dig route, too. Um, so he, he was a guy that I think, even though he's a big-bodied receiver, I think he can use his frame to shield defenders away um, as long as he's squaring up his shoulders to the quarterback and giving them that, you know, that, that big frame. 
to kind of kind of have to target. And so I think he can help quarterbacks there too. And he, he really improved at high pointing the ball. I mean, for a big receiver, you would think that that would have been part of his game from the beginning, but it really wasn't his sophomore year if you watch. Um, I, I think it was something that he really improved on this year. Um, and so, I, yeah, I, I mean, I like Lazard. I like the pick. Um, I think uh, I think this is a really solid prospect to keep your eye on. And as he kept uh, developing as a player, you started to see a little bit of Anquan Bolden to his game, and I hope he keeps working on that because that could be a great fit for him if he can attack the ball with his hands. Yeah, yeah, really strong hands too. Absolutely, I see that as well. I like that comp. It's a uh, good quality to have in a wide receiver and a massage therapist. <laughs> <laughs> so this fails. He knows what he can do next. Mm-hmm. So, James, I thought for some reason I had it in my head that you didn't like Alan Lazard. No, as a is matter he, of fact, isn't my. Isn't he the guy that you were sending me twi- like tweets about like him versus Auden Tate and how he looked slow? Who was that? That's got to be Aitman, is it? Aitman? It, it was, yeah, it was, it was Marcel Aitman. But no, Alan oh, no, Lazard actually might. Well, they're, they're completely different. That could have been too. But they are, they are totally different. But. Um, Real quick, Alan Lazard, that was uh, the first article that I wrote for DFF was about Alan Lazard. I kind of uh, oh, wow. did kind okay. of a Devi Watch update on him um, after his sophomore year, right before his junior year. And so, uh, yeah, I, uh, I've been following Alan Lazard closely because of that. And um, and so I definitely feel like he's he, – no, he's a guy who's made strides. He's a bigger receiver who I think um, – you know, I, I, I think a lot, I, I like him a lot, and I definitely think that he's grown a lot, and I think you'll continue to see that. Um, you know, and he's got those physical traits that I think a lot of uh, GMs are going to drool over. So I, I think he'll go probably higher than most people think as well. Yeah, so I've got the 212, um, and I'm, again, a little bit shocked that this guy's still here, but I'm going to I'm gonna take James Washington. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, Hopper doesn't uh, like this pick. Um, yeah, that was a disappointed O. <laughs> it's good I don't value. Know, like, I guess I don't. I, t- the two twelve. Like, come on! I've seen I this know. guy. I've seen this no. guy going top half of the first round. Like, that's you can't, Those people I, are wrong. I, I, that, that's, partially, <laughs> that's partially why I don't like him. I've got him kind of in the in the same tier with Anthony Miller. I know they're different types of players, but as far as what. What uh, you don't know what James Washington is going to really be in the NFL. They could potentially be no, you don't. That's my my issue with James Washington. He's too small to play outside, but yet his best part of his game is you know beating you vertically. You mm-hmm. don't see traditional slot receivers doing that consistently. Most teams only use their slot receivers that way. Yeah, and I thought it, that he was better at more so positioning against corners than actually getting separation from them. At well, least he's from what I saw. Fantastic at positioning. Yeah, no, I, I actually uh, agree with you guys. I'm not big on James Washington. As a matter of fact, if you would have watched his tape his junior year, I think you would have saw a lot of his limitations. I think they covered him up nicely last year because of the way they used him. Like you said, they just had him go deep. And um, even though Mason Rudolph isn't uh, – I mean, he underthrew a lot of those passes to James Washington. But uh, James Washington did do a good job at adjusting. But he normally had such a – such a nice cushion because he, you know, he beat his receiver deep that he could wait on that pass and still make a play on it. So um, I, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned that he's kind of a one-dimensional type guy, and I don't know what his role is going to be in the NFL either. So yeah, I have some of the same concerns. Yep, but yeah, you know, like Travis said here, it's a two twelve, so it's not 
an, an egregious overpay. Part of my hate for James Washington is because people are taking him in the first exactly. or the second round. Mm-hmm. Like if he's yeah. going at two twelve, I'm like, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, like, I'm fine like, if with you it here. In his upside, then yes, you want to take your upside players here. I mean, I on, on my board, I only had two players above him that were left on the board. So I have a few. Same with Lazard. Yeah, I, I have a few. I also have different. You know. My rankings are a little bit different, so mm-hmm. they should be. Yeah, I've legitimately seen him go. I've legitimately seen him go like 106, 107. and I'm not saying that's right, but like to get him at the two twelve, that's my entire argument, really. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's like with Rashad <laughs> Penny. It's like it's value. He seemed like point. he seemed like the screaming outlier to me uh, of of the available draft pool. So he's he was definitely the biggest name left on the board. Right. Right. Yeah. And I may so would have passed him over. <laughs> no, so my no, other I mean, my other consideration, if you guys want to hate on me a little bit more, was Mark Andrews. No, I don't hate that. I mean, I like Gasecki more than Andrews, but I don't hate that. I, I do hate that. I have a big tear break between Gasecki and Andrews. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, There's just too many other receivers there, and even running back, especially receivers with like, you know, Traquan Smith. I'm in love with. Uh, especially Trey Quinn, but this would be a little too high I for him. I think just looking at it, actually, I think that the only oversights there that I would have, or that I would have done, would have been either Dante Pettis or Mike Gusecki, honestly. Yeah, I'm really high on Dante Pettis. I'm glad you brought him up because I think that that probably would have been where I would have went. But I, I, yeah, James Washington, I can't value or I, I can't, can't hate, can't the, hate value. the value on that pick. Yeah. Oh God, no. Yeah, yeah. for me, the so only two players would have been Gasecki and Walton. Mm-hmm. Walton, interesting. Okay, that was going to be my next question. If each of you had to, if you, if each of you had one more pick, who would it be? It would have been if I was picking next it would have been Mike Gusecki for me I think that he's a guy that is a move tight end which is what you want for fantasy because you don't get points for blocking um <laughs> that he's got a you know a lot of the same if not better upside than uh Godert does and I think that he was fine at engaging his blocks and he's good enough at it to improve on it at the NFL level and stay on the field so uh Gusecki would have been in consideration Pettis who I already mentioned and then uh, Mike White was the other guy I was possibly considering. Wow, okay. Yeah, for me, it would be Traquan Smith. Um, I've been hyping him up since watching his film. Uh, big outside receiver, 6'2", shows the upper percentile and arm length. And uh, he's got huge hands. As attacking, uh, he's, he's great at attacking uh, the football in the air. He's great at high pointing. Uh, he's not as solid as a route runner yet. Uh, there's still some raw parts to his game, but in terms of upside, he's one of the best at this point. And then Mason Rudolph, because we need some more controversial quarterback picks here. And it's also super flex, and I, w- I would, would love to take a guy who has a chance to start in two to three years, because I think a team's going to draft him as their potential successor, a team like New England or New Orleans. Yeah, I don't yeah, hate that. I almost took him. Your Rudolph picks I think the he's same reason be... I would have went for White. Exactly. It's all based on what you like. Because I, I absolutely love right. Mike White. I, I mean, me and Hopper mm-hmm. are huge on Mike White. I believe Nick is too. Um, I just I think, I think Rudolph's going to have the, the draft buzz, capital though, there. Like, I mean, what are the chances Mike White gets drafted in the NFL draft above Mason Rudolph? It, it won't happen because right. Rudolph is so, like projected potentially to go into the first round. There's a chance you can see a, six quarterbacks taken in the first round this year. Yeah, that would be surprising to me, but it could, it could happen. I think he's definitely gone in the first two rounds, and that's really the only reason. <laughs> like, I'd be yeah. taking him in in a super flex rookie draft is is 
purely draft capital and, and opportunity, potential opportunity, rather. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he'd be an ideal flip candidate, even if you're not a fan of him. Right. I'm actually a fan of him, kind of. I like yeah. him more than Josh, than Josh Allen, but that's... Nick, that's, did you have one more guy? Um, besides Walton and Gusecki, the only other one I would highlight would be Bo Scarborough, who's kind of... I think an ideal three down back who flashed at the combine and didn't get worked correctly in Alabama. So he might be worth something. Nice. James, did you already say your guy or no? Uh, yeah, well, I, I'll, uh, I'll just say I, I probably would have taken Dante Pettis. Um, it's a guy who I like a lot, just a, a playmaker showed a lot of toughness and grit for a smaller statue guy. Um, he's a guy that can help on pump returns and kick returns. I know that doesn't help, um, you know, your fantasy team, but when he has that value, uh, that means that he's, he's, he's got, you know, a roster spot for a while, which means, you know, if opportunity opens up, he's probably a guy that they're going to use. So I, I kind of like that, um, as, as a floor for him, but, uh, but I definitely think that he's, um, he's a guy that I really like. I like his playmaking ability. And if I was going to take quarterback, I'd probably go with uh, with the guy out of Richmond, Kyle Lalletta. Um It's a guy that uh, I I really felt like he had a uh, an excellent combine, and uh, he he even looked good the Senior Bowl. So um, I'm I'm I, there's not a lot of tape on him that I could find that I could watch, um, but from what I've seen, I I uh, I'd probably be a little bit higher on him than a guy like Mason Rudolph personally. But um, but yeah, at this point, I think it's just kind of throwing darts at those quarterbacks. Yeah, definitely dirt there is, since I think between us, we just named, between five of us, we named three different quarterbacks that we might have taken there. It just depends on who who your flag's on. Exactly. Awesome. Well, that was fun. Thanks, guys, for coming (laughs) on. Um, uh, You guys can check out the Beer Fueled Fantasy Football Podcast at Beer Fueled FF on Twitter. I believe that's right, right, guys? That's right. That's correct. Awesome. Go ahead and list your individual Twitter accounts. Tell the listeners where they can find you. And appreciate you guys coming on and spending this time with us. I am at Nick Sparts, S-P-A-R-T-Z, though you'll primarily find me on the show page at Beerfield FF. Go ahead, Dan. I am at Thurry BFF with two Fs. Got to save the best for last. I am at Hot BFF with two Ps. I'm at Thurry BFF with two Fs. <laughs> Hot BFF with two Ps. <laughs> All right, you two. Just because I'm not in charge of this episode. <laughs> I can fix this problem. <laughs> no, wait, wait. One more time. Where you, Nick, uh, Dan and, and Hopper, what were... I didn't catch that. I'm at, at Hot BFF with two Ps. I'm, at, I'm waiting for you. I, I've, got a, I've got his mic muted because I'm not letting Dan him have the last Dan ran away. <laughs> got, no, I, I muted him. I cut his mic. Oh, brutal. I hate when John does that to me. Uh, <laughs> I love when John does that to you. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I control the soundboard, because I would get my mic cut a decent amount. I don't know how John ends the show, James. I I I have no idea. Well, it's a good thing that he's here. Cut his mic. Cut that guy's mic. (laughs) What's up, guys? Did I just hear number one to James Washington barely got drafted? 212, dude. Yeah. Yeah, number what in the world? And my boy, my boy Kyle Laletta just didn't get drafted at all in a super flex draft. <laughs> <In> two rounds. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I'm I, maybe it's a good thing that I missed most of this, but uh, it would have been a lot of fun to uh, to get to hang out and talk with the with the guys on this beer fueled episode. <laughs>
Well, I mean, we can always re- re-record. All right, take two, guys. <laughs> yeah, take yeah. two, let's start <laughs> off. Right, ready, set, go. <laughs> Scrap it. <laughs> Who's got pillows and coffee ready to go? I can go brew Who's some that? coffee. John's back. We'll just throw that in there. We're good. John, you welcome, welcome, John. Gracias. Glad to, to have you, here. man. Uh, you're just in time. Yeah. Do you want to send us off? I I could uh, I could definitely do that. Um, I got pull up notes. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't prepared to say much other than talk a little shit about you guys' picks. Like whatever whatever I happen to hear. This and, uh, this was actually really kind of cool because now I know how to expect. A, uh, a rookie mock to go or a rookie draft to go when I'm drafting against people who actually watch film. Um, <laughs> that's, and that's true. That's totally, yeah, so totally true. different. Totally different than, uh, than yeah, you know, normal rookie drafts that I'm in. So, yeah, this will be fun. You mean when people don't get their information from ESPN and the NFL Network, things change? When yeah, they listen to yeah, Mel Kuyper and they take Josh Allen with the first overall pick, <laughs> yeah, the DJ Shark hype hasn't been uh, hasn't hasn't hit you know the one point ten yet, so that's that's always good. That's yeah. because L. Davis isn't alive to hype him up. It's yeah. true. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> <laughs> that's rough. I like dark comedy. I mean, it's true. It, it's true. It true. If L. Davis was it alive, is. DJ Chark would go and top You 10. made a you freaking Todd Heap joke. This is true. I'm going to be the sole person like tanks our podcast. You name fun of Todd Heap. And to yeah, think the over-under, to think the Vegas ons would have been on me, not you. You want to do an outro, John? Like, Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Dude, I, legit, uh, <laughs> I legitimately did not know how to end it i was really <laughs> secretly hoping that john had jumped on because i knew i sent you the link well this won't be awkward at all <laughs> <laughs> where was it the entire just, time it shows up at the just right pretend time. that i've been here the entire time that's creepy and uh <laughs> yeah. wow he's like staying he's been watching yeah. us the entire time yeah oh if you only knew <laughs> but <laughs> dad but that that was a fun episode uh i assume i'll, uh, I'll listen to it with everybody else in the world <laughs> you guys de- you definitely need to check out the bear the beer fueled fantasy uh podcast i keep listening waiting for uh for them to to bring up a gluten-free beer um, for those of us who uh, I've done it, uh, yeah, we've had one. It's yeah. way back. Though. I can, yeah. I can play. Uh, I missed that one. I, I need to go back. I complained about it the entire episode. <laughs> it depends how late back it happened because some of those earlier episodes uh, it wasn't that far back. It was early. In it was the, er- early in last season. Was it? Yeah. Okay. It was, I, don't, I don't even remember. It was early in the season, but you bought some organic or gluten free beer, and I complained <laughs> about it the whole episode. You just like had a, organic on too. Yeah, it was omission, right? Yeah, it was omission. Yes. Yes. That's that's about when gluten-free was invented. Like, gluten-free anything. <laughs> like, nobody knew that you couldn't have gluten before that. That anyone couldn't have gluten before that. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to listen for that one. But if you guys can find another one, uh, I'm, I'm all ears. Well, we've had ciders on before, and those are generally gluten-free. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I drink I drink an embarrassing amount of cider. So. Uh, I, I've <laughs> seen a, Wait, John, a couple drink, I can pick up. And one cider? I'll pick one up for him. I drink. Hey, that was a sampler pack, and I one, tried. one is an embarrassing amount. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, oh, don't, gotcha. don't add on okay, cider. Ciders yeah. are good. No. Travis, by by the end of that episode, I think the amount that you and I had drank was embarrassing because that was that was you bad. Gotta, when I listened to that one, oh, I didn't drink man. no damn I, cider though, dude. 
No, no, <laughs> you didn't. But I don't. I don't think if you did, you would have remembered. Let's put it that way. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check out the Beer Fueled Fantasy Podcast. Uh, football and beer. It's pretty much the the remake of the Man Show. So, and it's a it's an excellent podcast. You guys should definitely check it out and give them a follow the podcast itself is at beer fueled ff and then uh check out um dan nick and hopper um individually each one of them and while you're at it if you would give us a rate and review we would really appreciate that it goes a long ways in helping us expand our reach and be able to to improve our content uh, by getting to more people and involving more people in the conversation you can follow Travis at TravisNFL. James is at DFF underscore the brain. I'm at DFF Dynasty Dude. The entire Dynasty Football Factory is at DFF underscore Dynasty. The Dynasty Football Network is at DF underscore Network. And that includes the Fantasy Football Fellas, the Dynasty Warzone, the IDP Edge Crushers, the Debbie Watch Podcast, Capology 101, and Dynasty Trades HQ. And, of course, the Super Flexible podcast, at Super Flex Pod, and send your trades to at Super Flex Trades so we can help retweet them, get them out to more people, get you more votes, more comments, and uh, just more insight all, all the way around. Special thank you to all of our great sponsors, to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction, to each and every one of you for listening, and just because I didn't get to do this, from the Dynasty Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. That's James the Brain. That's Travis the Beard. I'm John Hogue. And until next week, bye. Yeah.